Hey, what's up, everyone? This is podcast number five. This is Kyle here. Got Tom with me. What's Tom? up, guys? Thanks for listening in. I uh, also got Ed from Soul and Stereo with me. What's good, people? It's Ed Bowser, a.k.a. the final level boss. I'm up here. <laughs> Back again uh, for podcast number five. You guys may have noticed that we've done a little bit of transitioning. Uh, moved over to a new podcast website. You can catch us on you know I got soul.podbean.com. You can also visit us on our website, you know I got soul.com. Um, I think. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on. You said final level boss. It, yeah. It's like Bowser just jumps up and you run right under him and, and make it across the bridge. It's so easy. It's true. Um, <laughs> first of all, if you get to level eight, I'm throwing hammers at you. So <laughs> that run isn't just as run. easy as you think. If you're big, though, you can get hit once and still make it. So you just get hit, take the hit, and run right by. I'm talking about to get hit with this. I'm about to spit <laughs> this hot fire on y'all today. Guys, let's uh, oh, get back on topic. As <laughs> I was saying, <laughs> we've uh, transitioned into a new website. You can catch us at you know I got com. Also catch us on you know I got com. And for all the iTunes listeners out there, we also have our podcast now on iTunes. You can listen to it on there for free. You can download it. You can do all that stuff. That's old stuff, so let's get into new things. Um, guys, we finally got to the end of our R&B Best Album from 1995-2004 tournament. Lauren Hill ends up winning it, beating Usher by about 20 votes. Any surprises there? No surprise to me, and as I have gone on record to say countless times here on this podcast, well, actually, probably five times, this is number five, but I have said multiple times that album of all 64 albums was the best album, song for song, track for track, in that tournament. It deserved to win. The winner was crowned, and Lauren deserved it. So kudos to the fans. Y'all did a brother proud. For that album, I'll say, I remember most when it came out, and she was nominated for all the Grammys, and she like took them all home that year. It made such an impact that you just can't deny you know, how many artists she's influenced following that album, and it's just so, yeah, I can't argue with it. Um, thanks, everyone, who participated. It was a fun contest, but Lauren Hill is the winner. And I think the thing about that album is, like you said, Tom, it made such a huge impact, not only on R&B, but music in general. I think Confessions is a great, I mean, it's a fantastic R&B album, but when you look at the social impact of Lauren Hill and that album, it, it definitely deserves to win, but... My question to you guys is, of course, that was that came out in 1998-99. We're in 2015 now, and you know we had this discussion off the air. Do you guys think there is an artist out there who can make that same impact that a Lauren Hill made? You know, I have one name in mind, and that's Miguel. Um, what do you guys think about Miguel? Um, it's it's great what he's been able to do, Adorn took on a whole new life of its own, crossed over, you know, and really opened up some lanes for R&B. It elevated R&B, you know, into the spotlight a little more than it had been receiving around the time, so I think that's great. I really don't know. He took some time off between albums, kind of felt like the buzz was dying off a little bit. So now as he reemerges with a new project, it's going to be interesting to see how it's received. So I really don't know what to expect. I mean, that's a good point, because whereas a lot of artists, I mean, Miguel had a lot of momentum coming off of that last album, and I really like Coffee. I like the new song, but there was, there's been a big gap there, and I wonder if there's kind of been, 
not that fans have forgotten about them, certainly they haven't, but sometimes when there are those long layoffs, it takes a while for an artist to get his footing. And although I think Miguel has the chops to be the standard bearer for R&B going forward, I don't know if I see him in that Lauren lane because, I mean, you just had to be there for 98. It was just on another level what she did. And I don't really see anybody taking it to that level. But as far as holding the flag for 2015, I think Miguel can do it, but I just need to hear some more stuff from this project first. And hopefully those fans who have been always in his corner the last couple of albums will show up again for album number three. What's interesting is also with that gap, uh, just to touch on that some more, you guys, I mean, fans out there listening don't even realize how many new artists have been introduced, have come out on SoundCloud, have been put out by labels, have been just emerging like in that time, it's so many artists out there now. So it's like these days, people can forget about you easily. And I'm not saying anyone would ever forget about Miguel, but in '98, it wasn't really like this at all. So right. it's like a whole totally different playing field now, and it's just crazy. It's, it's oversaturated. You know, it's, it's like I mean, it's the evils of the of the internet game because in '98, you know, we still had to go to the CD store and we had to buy singles for. 99 cents or 4.99 or whatever they were whereas now there's this influx of music that's just constantly being released i mean just think of the sound that has changed since that album dropped everybody's mustered on the beat hole now so i mean the whole sound of r&b has really molded and shifted since that last album and i'm sure miguel will come with something that's a little newer a newer fresher but still kind of holds on to his old sound that's what he does but things have changed so much even taking a couple years off is like an eternity in this game in age it's, it's weird but that's how the game is it's tough to stay relevant well the reason why i look at miguel as the quote-unquote savior of r&b is if you really think about it when it comes to r&b there's only really a handful of artists that I think the mainstream, mainstream, and I'm talk, talking about top 40 America, the youth, I think there's only really a handful of artists that people really pay attention to and care about, you know, in terms of their music and just their status. I look at someone like Beyonce, Usher, Chris Brown, uh, Miguel being another one, and then maybe Alicia Keys, John Legend, and Pharrell. I think these are the only ones that people really, really pay attention to. I think more so the first four than the latter ones. But if you look at it, and I'm not trying to criticize anyone for the music that they're putting out, but for people like Beyonce, for people like Usher and Chris Brown, they have had an opportunity to make an impact in R&B. And I don't know if in the past five years they've done what they could have or should have done. I mean, you look at Usher, who's put out numerous pop records, as well as R&B records. I think Climax is a record that should have elevated R&B, but, yeah, I mean, it didn't do, I don't think it didn't have the impact that I thought it would. But you look at Usher, who puts out EDM records, as well as I Don't Mind, which, you know, I don't think anyone would agree. I don't think anyone would believe that that was the greatest written song. Oh, no. Look at an artist like Swanson, <laughs> who's putting out records like Drunken Love and 7-Eleven, which the youth love, but I don't think it's really steering R&B in the right direction. And then, of course, Ed, your cousin, Chris Brown, Ugh. who I think is one of the <laughs> talented of, of, the, of the younger people, but he's putting out songs like These Hoes Ain't Loyal. And, you know, granted, Chris Brown has also put out songs like New Flame, which I think, which we can all agree was one of the best of last year. That's going to clearly be outshadowed by a song like Loyal. 
So that brings me to my, to my point of I think Miguel is the only one who can still reach the masses, and he's done a, a great job in keeping his artistry alive and keeping the integrity of his music alive. So that's why I just believe Miguel is, is the one. But the question is, do Usher, Beyonce, and the rest of the gang owe it to R&B to stay in the R&B lane to help elevate R&B? Well, let me tell you what? something, player. They, they, these people don't have to do anything but stay black and die. That's all they got to do. <laughs> and, well, I'll, I'll add one more to that. They also have to make good music. So I don't, I know a lot of fans catch feelings and get upset when artists make some pop records. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with experimentation and trying to branch into new directions as long as you continue to put out um, music that will cater to your fans because as i mean as kyle mentioned beyonce has a horrible 7-eleven song that my wife loves and i got to uh jump out the car when she's playing it but then she also has some good strong r&b records when she wants to do that so i think it the diversity of the game is what i really like to see from artists especially from artists who have been around for a while like a beyonce like an usher now if you are doing that to a high level i'm cool with that now, if you're making these EDM records that sound like you made it in your sleep and you're just riding off this repetitive beat, oh, I'm going to tear you up in my review. But I'm not mad per se at the attempt to try something different. So I, I would like fans to kind of give them a break as far as, oh, you're abandoning R&B. No one we mentioned abandoned R&B. They just tried to do some different things. But if they are putting out whack R&B in attempt to chase pop, then we got beef. That's all I'm saying. It's uh, it's actually interesting, though. Usher arguably is as big as he's ever been of a, as a celebrity in his career. But many of his initial fans who were liked his first original albums are no longer fans. So it's like a kind of like a catch 22. You know, people and we saw it in the voting just in our low, in our in our contest. I think people were hating on Usher and voting against him just because they, they're rebelling against what he's doing. But look at Usher though. He's, he's, he's a big star, pop yeah, star. And, and can you really argue? No, you, you can't at all. And it, I saw, we saw the same thing um, with Neo. Um, Neo's album came out earlier this year and I reviewed that and I got a lot of feedback from fans and I was really surprised that so many people had turned on Neo. They were like, I'm not even going to listen to this album. And the album was solid. I was like, it's, it deserves a listen, but they were offended because they felt like Neo had turned their back on them because they made him a star. So I can understand that ownership of an artist like we made you don't turn your back on us. But at the same time, I'm not mad at an artist who wants to try something different. So and then, of course, speaking of Neo, I think Neo and Mariah also fit into that that category that I was talking about earlier of you know mainstream fans paying attention to them but maybe not so much now i don't know if the youth is really following neo and mariah like we did um but i mean i, I could put them in that category as well um let me got let me ask you guys really quickly because we're trying to stay young and we're not trying to get into that grandpa men mentality um <laughs> did you just meet me i am like 80 and my my mentality is 80 i'm wearing my church socks now and well, i'm sitting shaking in the house. your cane at us well, I got a cane. Where is it? <laughs> well, let me ask you guys this. Uh, R&B has evolved so much and people are kind of moving out of R&B. So which which, I guess, trend 
have you enjoyed more or enjoyed less? Do you like the EDM stuff more or what we see now, the Ratchet R&B? Which one do you like more? Player. And that gives them better choices. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Did he I really mean, ask I, that question. I, I'm saying I'm, I don't know, I even know what to do with this style. Um, <laughs> I, it's like the EDM, the, the ratchet. Let, let's tell me, let me tell you what's wrong with them first, so then we can kind of break it down from there. The ratchet is just so lazy. Like I, it, I despise, I despise lazy songwriting and repetitive production, and that's what the ratchet kind of leans on. I'm spinning with my hands up. I'm spinning with my hand like this ghetto hokey pokey. Like, well, give me some real lyrics, lady. <laughs> but then we take the EDM, which has at least a little bit of strong structure, but the beat just like beats into my brain and like turns it to mush. So to me, I can't. I mean, it's like which one sucks more? They both do. I give up. Tom, you got this one. I don't know, boy. I'm gonna plead the fifth, but I will say that Neo's last album, Nonfiction, was a really good album. Since you brought up Neo. And yeah. it goes overlooked because of the singles he had out, which were a little ratchet. But I will say, mm-hmm. if you haven't checked out the album, I highly recommend it. And the nonfiction album, it was really, some of the album tracks were returned to, to what Neo does really well with some evolution to it. So it's a little plug to that. And I'm not going to answer the question fully. <laughs> <laughs> I will agree, I'll agree with you on the Neo album though. I thought that they were a little too skit heavy for me and it ran too long, especially yeah. the, the, um, bonus edition but otherwise it was decent album really all i really wanted to know was with with you guys is whether you guys like to turn up more or fist pump and under <laughs> what i understand you guys like so you guys can stay oh, that crap mentality it's cool <laughs> i'm too old to turn up play so with that um you know these artists that i mentioned you know the pharrells the john legends they still have a little bit of you know i think the fans are still listening to them because of the recent hits that they put out and they've represented R&B, I think, well to an extent. And ar- another artist that I would have put on that list is Robin Thicke. Of course, he had Blurred Lines, which is like the biggest song of all time. But in recent recent times, I think you see him more on TMZ than you hear him on the radio. Um, unfairly, I think. But guys, can you talk about what Robin Thicke needs to do to gain back the respect of the fans? Uh, I'll answer that one. That's That one's, for me, it's simple. I think he just needs to go back to what made him so successful in the first place with the evolution of Robin Thicke album, just like some smooth R&B songs. I mean, he had a huge hit with Pharrell, but where was the rest of the album? Like people weren't even really checking for it. And then the Paula album, I, I I don't even, I I don't know what happened. You know, it, (laughs) I know what happened. I mean, I'm just saying, bottom line for me, he needs to just, you know, hit the reset button, start, start fresh, get a fresh start, and just go back to what made him successful in the first place, and that's just doing what he does best. Oh, no question. I agree with you totally. And I, but I think the trick will be, will fans come along? Because he could drop. I mean, he's going to have to really come with a really quality, not gimmicky, a really quality single. Back that up with a really solid album to regain that fan base. Because that damage that that brother did is almost irreputable. I mean, that, I'm, the Paula, I understand, brother. I know your girl left you, you messed up, but you wallowing in, in your tears in public is not the way to do it. Not only did you not win your girl back, everybody's looking at you because you're a pitiful human being. 
And then the lawsuit came down. It was just like TMZ, TMZ, TMZ style hit after hit after hit. I feel bad for him because the brother is talented. But so much drama has heaped up on him that it's going to be really hard for him to dig himself out of this hole. He can start with some good music, but that ain't going to be the magic fix. Well, the game- he might have to be out in the streets uh, shaking hands and kissing babies to win back the support. I don't know. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> is that um, you know, I, I I still listen to the radio, Tom. I know you don't really listen to the radio anymore, Ed. I don't know if you do as well, but there's there's still radio. Absolutely, I, I have a song on. <laughs> Robin Thicke is on the radio. He has a new song out with Flo Rida. Um, you heard those crickets when you say that. Yep. I, I didn't. I, no, I didn't even know that actually. <laughs> so Robin Thicke, he, uh, he's on his way to coming back. I just hope it's the right way. Um, yeah, but you, you, you know, you, to be honest, getting on a Flo Rida song has been a, a, a successful way to go for many people. So. Who knows? This could this could be. It was either him or Pitbull. He could have went with, but you know. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> and how many times have we seen Mr. Kulo on the song every five? Oh, don't get me started on on that guy. But I mean, if this is a good entry point for him, but he's got to come hard with it. And hopping on a single while Florida raps that same verse that he's been spitting since 2007 <laughs> is not going to be the way to do it. That's only a start. It's a foot in the door. So he's got to yeah. come back and reach that core base. Right. And uh, with Robin Thicke, I think the good thing for him is I don't think Urban AC fans are, you know, too critical of anything that he does outside of music. Um, for the most part, Urban AC is just that market that enjoys R&B music. So right. he has that advantage going for him, especially because he does have a fan base in that. Um, you know, we talked about all these big artists and how they can impact music and how they've gone from being artists to being celebrities um i think the trend nowadays in r&b is you become a reality tv star like a there there's so many reality tv shows out there now and then they go and uh go come back to music and they release music do you think that's an effective way for an artist to put out music now is to become a tv star first I think it helps. It's funny you say that. I literally this morning just finished Little Mo's book. I picked it up not long ago. I almost, I might do a review on it. And it is, man, it's a heavy read. That woman has gone through some things. Shout out to my girl, Mo. I love Lil Mo. But I hey, think shout out that, to Lil Mo. Lil Mo is a huge supporter. You know I got soul, so we always show yes, her love. Yes, and she reps for um my site, too, Soul and Stereo. So go, Mo. That's the girl. But... Um, not only is it a great way to reintroduce yourself, I think the trick is to not lean on it too much. When you become a TV show caricature, that's when you mess up. But if you use it as an opportunity to say, hey, I'm still here, get to know the person behind the boards, behind the mic, and by the way, I can still sing y'all, I ain't forgot, and then you hit them with a solid single and some solid songs, that's a great way to reinvigorate your career. Now, if you go on TV and you're like, well, I'm going to be the villain on the show, ha, 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 and then you try to put out some lackadaisical stuff, nobody's going to check for you because you made a fool of yourself on TV and your music is whack. So it's a great platform if it's used correctly. Hmm. That's it. You know what it is for me? It's tough because there's so few outlets now for artists to get exposure. It's like you have an artist like a Faith Evans. Um, her last album came out and I think I read it sold about 5,000 in the first week. And this is like yeah. Faith Evans, who we right. 
it's one of the the greats in R and B, and it's like, damn. But the thing is, no one even really knew it came out. It's not that people weren't supporting. It's just that it's so hard these days for artists to get exposure. If you're, you know, if you're not getting on radio or or TV, people aren't knowing about your album come out. So, uh, you know, reality TV is one of the the best ways. And it's ironic because Faith started out in, in reality TV and started up that kind of started that movement there. But, you know, it's it, unfortunately it's it's, a good, you know, good for some and bad for others. But it's a, a definitely a necessary thing at, the, you know, where we're at now. Yeah, I mean, it's good for some, bad for others. And it's all how it plays out. And I've heard artists go on and say, oh, they made me say this or they made this look like that. And Mo goes into that in her book a little bit and kind of sheds some light on what actually happens and what doesn't happen. But I think that it's still up to the artist that if you don't want to be put in a position where your music is going to be affected, where you think that you're going to be portrayed in a bad light, then, you know, step away from it. It's not for everybody. But if you parlay it correctly, I think you can do it. I think it helped raise Mo's career. I've been a longtime fan. Her, I think it was like her fourth album. Um, the P.S. I Love Me album that dropped and like, it's like the world didn't even know it existed. But once the, when she kind of reinvented herself on R&B Divas and she released music there, it raised her profile a little bit. So it certainly can help if you just parlay it right. I think one of an the artists I feel, uh, sorry, Kyle, an artist I feel bad for, I just want to say real quick, is, is Kelly Price. Cause she got hated on so much after she was on R&B Divas, but we know Kelly Price. We've interviewed her multiple times. She's a supporter of the site. It's like, she's just, she's cool. Like, but she got such a bad impression and lost a lot of fans. So, kind of feel bad for how that turned out unfortunately yeah and as you know anybody who follows my site knows that my favorite r&b album of all time is kelly price's debut i certainly ride and support her but again sometimes you're a casualty and that's what happens well i was gonna say i think k michelle is probably the face of reality tv show turning their music career into a success but even with k michelle i find it really interesting she has good sales for R&B standards, I think higher than a lot of artists nowadays. Um, but if you look at the charts on the radio, she's not one of the, you know, chart-topping radio artists. I don't think her songs are, you know, do a lot of damage on the charts. So it's just kind of interesting to see how TV can benefit your albums, but it might not be the outlet that will lead to radio play. No, it's not the it's it's not the silver bullet. Like you still it's just an entry point. You still have to hustle, you have to grind, you have to put out solid singles, you still have to do all the traditional things and more in this very competitive space that we're in right now. So it's just like TV is just one extra tool in your toolbox. It's not the thing that's gonna launch you just because you're on TV. The thing about K Michelle too, I always notice she's out there working nonstop. She's doing shows, she's making appearances. She's on her social media promoting herself bigger than no one else. So it's like she had that original deal, you know, and didn't work out. And then she was on reality TV and got this the new deal with Atlantic right. and really took that and ran with it. She didn't like wait on the label to, to help push her. She took things in her own hands and I'm, I'm proud of her. You know, some people may not like her or her style, but I'm, I, I can appreciate what she's been able to accomplish. And she's another one who's a who's a supporter of, you know, I got soul. So shout out to Kay Michelle. And we and you can't have this conversation without mentioning Tamar Braxton. I mean, she went from like also ran in the Braxton's group in like 96 to becoming a star 
where people are comparing her and saying, is she better than Tony? It's almost becoming like a LeBron MJ type thing because they are putting these two up there. And it's crazy that because of a TV show that she has become to a, a new generation of fans, like almost has surpassed the, the unprecedented success of her sister. And that's all due to reality TV. It was, it allowed a huge fan base see that this woman can sing and she can do quality music. So again, if you do this right, it is a gigantic boost. And in other news, um, last week we had announced that Genuine and Timbaland were reuniting to put out the album known as The Bachelor But Wiser or something like that. The Bachelor Again But Wiser, I think is what it was called. Uh, an interesting title, to say the least. Um, Ed, I already know your displeasure with that title, but I'm curious to see what you're gonna uh, what you're gonna think about this title that R. Kelly is putting out for his new album. Oh, uh, hit me with why it! Why don't you uh, Why don't you tell us what the album is called, and maybe the reasoning behind it? Well, the the title is Buffet, and um, he recently spoke on the album saying that. He's he's been in the game, I believe he said twenty seven years and he, he has so many different fans of different styles of his music and he wants to please them all, so he's gonna put that on an album and it's gonna be like a buffet. And before Ed gives his opinion, I will say this is the king of R and B right here, so we really just all need to bow down and let him do what makes him happy and what makes him tick, because he's <laughs> how can you question greatness? Well, I just had a post last week actually christening him, crowning him king of R&B, even though I wanted to give that crown to um Mr. Sweat, but I know what's going on. If he wants to, if the king wants to name it Buffet, your boy will chill. But if he has one song named Golden Corral, it's over. <laughs> I'm not I'm holding, holding back, player. Just letting you know. Oh, man. Golden Corral, that's a that's no comment, actually. <laughs> I do recall on his last album on Black Panties, he had a song called Cookie on it. Is that what it was called, Oreo? Yes, it was. Yes, that yes. Was, I guess that yes. was the appetizer to what is the buffet. So really curious to see what Yeah, our- but I will say, though, that his last album was more successful commercially than his previous two, which were straight uh, um, R&B records. So... Yeah. You know, what, what, how can you argue? Well, those first, those last two albums were, you know, very traditional R&B albums. And yeah. they had their fans. But, you know, the last one was more radio friendly. And I will leave it at that because my Black Panthers review has become infamous on the Internet. So <laughs> go to SoulAndStereo.com's album reviews if you want to see it. Otherwise, I told Tom I'm behaves. I'm behaving. I'm chilling. Yeah. Chilling, dog. I appreciate it. Well, I, I really want to ask you guys this with R. Kelly. Um, obviously, the old school R&B fans, they're going to follow R. Kelly till you know, he dies. And then after yeah. that, they're going to appreciate his unreleased work. Does the, does the youth listen to R. Kelly? I'm, I'm just curious because he's obviously putting out some music that's youth driven. Are they listening or, you know, just what, what's R. Kelly's connection to the youth? I think they are. I, I'm still because I work with a lot of youth around town. I'm I'm like. I have a youth group that I work with directly and I have some other and I also have a lot of young fans who read and interact with my site. And I will tell you that 
maybe not the last two albums, the albums before Black Panties, but when R. Kelly does his radio-friendly stuff that kind of runs in that ratchet round, oh, he has his fans. So not only does he have the old-school fans from the 90s where he could just put out a song of him humming the phone book and they're going to call it genius, but (laughs) you've also got younger fans who can appeal to that because Kelly knows you say what you want about him, but he always knows how to stay relevant. He will tweak his sound to whatever is current and it will work and they will flock to it. So he doesn't have a huge fan base. It's not like cousin Chris Brown fan base, but he still has a very strong fan base among younger listeners because he just knows how to speak their language. Fair enough. But while we're on the topic of the king of R&B, we want to talk about this Keith Sweat, first ever Sweat Fest. Oh, the real king. Yes. <laughs> Three-day festival. I mean, I saw this lineup and I was like, wow, this is, a, this is pretty cool. You know, along with Keith Sweat, they got Teddy Riley, Genuine, Drew Hill, Tank, 112, SWV, Silk, Raheem Devon, Pleasure P, Cut Close, Bobby V, and more. I mean, I mean, damn. Yes. I mean, and- Keith Sweat assembled that yes and people give me grief all the time about my keith um insanity but that man put together an all-star concert and we were just talking in the last podcast about r&b artists getting together and doing this for fans and just keeping that sound alive and man i'm gonna have to get me a ticket or get me a canoe or get down there because this is gonna be off the chain they dug up cut close they dug them up come on now I got to hear some Athena Cage. Oh, oh, man. And then, of course, speaking of festivals, Tom, you know, we will be at the Essence Festival in New Orleans. Always a great time just seeing all the artists and just seeing the culture of R&B being celebrated. So, I mean, Keith is doing a fantastic thing with this Keith Sweat Festival. We're also I mean, going to kidnap Ed. And, uh, Ed, you're getting kidnapped and coming to Essence Festival with us. We didn't tell you yet, though. Yep. <laughs> Well, if you're kidnapping me and telling me, you're the worst kidnappers ever. <laughs> like, I need you to use the element of surprise on a brother. Oh, just keep that on the low for now. <laughs> It'll be between the three of us and the millions of <laughs> listeners of this podcast. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, all right, so, well, let's go into the... Go ahead, Kyle. Um, you have something? No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to talk, uh, talk about some of the new music that's been out recently. Uh, Monica dropped a new single produced by Paul Dunn. Um, have you guys heard that record? Yes, and I actually like it. It's, I'm a fan of it. I think it's a really strong record. You know who I'm a fan of right now? They just put out a new video today, Lion Babe. I don't know huh. if, if you guys have had a chance to listen, but man, they're making it, they're, they're buzzing big time right now. And, uh, they did Soul Village back in July. I mean, sorry, not July, January. It was like a really, really amazing night, and uh, I really have big, high hopes for them. So their their latest single was Wonder Woman, produced by Pharrell, and uh, I, I really think they're gonna make an impact later this year. So watch yeah. out. I saw them featured on the site. I haven't gotten around to checking that out yet, but definitely on my list. Um, another song that I think is really standing out is the, the new Tamia record. Um, we didn't talk about it last week, but I think that's a that's a fantastic record. I think Sandwich and Soda was uh was different for her, but I can appreciate it. I, I didn't I liked it more I think than you know Tom liked it, but I thought it was a it was a great record. But this new one, what is it called? Stuck with me. I think it's a great. Yes, record. 
classic joint. I love it. And I think of all the albums to coming out this summer, I think that is the one that I am really looking forward to to most because I just recently wrote about this on Soul and, at Soul and Stereo. Camille's debut is one of those albums from that 1998 era because there were so many good albums that came out that year that stuff just got buried, that stuff people just overlooked. And that album right there is a five-star album. Her debut is outstanding. And this song really harkens back to that. So Sandwich and Soda was like, it was different. It was fun. I could appreciate it. It was solid. But this is what gets back to the Tamiya roots. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I was fortunate to sit in on her album listening. The new album is called Love Life coming out June 9th. And I wrote about it for the site. And I think this is honestly going to be considered one of her best albums. It's really, it's that classic to me. It was some progressive production, but it fits. So she didn't go outside the box and try to be something who she isn't. So I, I'm just going on the record and saying, I think you're going to consider this one of her best projects and you're going to give this a, like, I'm not going to give a star rating estimation of what you're going to give it for, you know, I got soul ed, but it's going to get a really good score. That's all. I'm, that's my estimation. Well, I'm good. I'm very excited to hear that. Tamia, hook up, hook a brother up with that link so I can get on that album review right now because I am excited. <laughs> Looking uh, forward to that. Tamar Braxton just announced that she'll be putting out her new new album in July. Um, so be on the lookout for that as well. A little bit of homework for everybody uh, for this weekend. We're gonna come back to it next week. Uh, would like to talk about it. Actually, if you guys want to talk about it, feel free to. I have a barbecue right now, so I might have to leave shortly, but um, the question that I pose to you guys and to the listeners who are listening to this, you know, R&B albums, major labels, independent labels, they're putting out these R&B albums, and in return, you're not getting the sales that we used to get in R&B. We're getting a lot of people selling 20000 some people selling 10000 some people even selling 5000 So the question that I pose to you guys, of course, with you guys both having a background in business and uh, business as well is why are these labels putting out these projects when they know that they're not going to sell well? Um, I <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I mean, how do we know that labels don't think they're going to sell well before they put them out? I mean, they could have high hopes. I I don't know. You know, it's, that's a really tough yeah question to say. I. I but don't forget, it's not all about record sales. You know, you make the real money on tour. And if an artist goes on tour for 25 dates, you, you know, you bring in a good amount of money for themselves and the label. So that, the, you know, the albums these days are just really a vehicle to launch a new tour and, and go out on the road. So there's a, there's a lot of variables involved. Well, Tom stole my answer because that's exactly what I was going to say. In 2015, in the, I mean, music across the board is not selling. This ain't 98 where somebody could drop a hot single on your album is going to go platinum because of you had a hot single. Like in 2015, everybody broke. Everybody can get this stuff for free. Stuff isn't going to sell like it used to. So instead, these are albums are really just more promotional tools for tour money, which you know, hasn't dried up yet. So I think that's the case for a lot of times. I think sometimes they do think it'll sell well and it underwhelms, especially if they have a decent single or decent buzz. Sometimes they rush it out and just doesn't catch fire. Sometimes, I don't know, maybe it's just for that tax break. I don't know. But <laughs> I think many times that 
what we're saying now is just that our albums are just different and used differently than they were from the traditional way 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. And so, again, for the listeners out there, you know, you guys have a little bit of a homework to do. So um, I'll probably post that question on Facebook sometime soon. Would definitely love to hear what you guys think about it. I mean, we'll probably touch up on it a little more next week. But um, that pretty much wraps up this week for us. Uh, Ed, just kind of talk about what Soul and Stereo has coming up or what you just put out. Let's see. This week we had a look back at the career of Tweet, one of my favorites from the early 2000s. And a lot of people remember her first album. Some remember her second, but she actually had music throughout the past 10 years. So we look back at some of her best stuff. And Tweet's always been really cool. I haven't seen her around on the Twitterverse lately, but she's out and apparently still making new music. So give her some love. And I get back to my love letters um column where i just answer some questions from i open up the mailbag since everybody wants to know what's Ed's opinion on their love life i hit them with some answers there i'm better than steve harvey this stuff trust the bro hmm. <laughs> so we got that going on next week we'll have probably a little bit more of that because i got a ton of those questions and we'll see what's what else is going on in the world i know we had asap rocky had an album come out for in the world of rap i haven't gotten around to get that because work is busy and y'all don't pay me enough so I had to get that. So hopefully I'll catch back up on that Rocky album. I heard it's okay. And the inbox is blowing up saying, where's the review? So that might be coming next week. Yep. And then, of course, with You Know I Got Soul, uh, we just put out two interviews recently. These are interviews that we've been actually, again, like I told you guys last week, Tom's laptop has been down. So we haven't really had a chance to publish as much as we would like. Um, I took the initiative to learn how to video edit, so you may see some uh, videos coming out on my end as well. The one that I just put out recently was an interview that I did with Wingo from Jagged Edge. Um, had a chance to speak to him. It's always nice talking to, um, you know, obviously it's cool to talk to the entire group, but sometimes it's really cool just to talk to one member of the group to get their perspective. And um, Why don't you, know, you get the whole group, Kyle? That's a long story, and I don't think we have to that. Shout out to Wingo. Damn. Yeah, it was crazy. But um, I know, Tom, you also did an interview with India Sean, who's one of our favorite, I, I guess, indie artists. Uh, for me, it reminds me a lot of Brandy and just her tone, and she touched up on that as well. Um, so definitely check out India Sean's music. But next week, um, we have a lot of great interviews to come as well. Um, trying to get this podcast thing going. I think a lot of people had asked um, if they can help with this podcast or join in for a call or two, and we're definitely open to it. Uh, what we're trying to do with this podcast is have educated thoughts like we always do, uh, have fun as well, and you know, bring on some guests, some producers, some artists, some songwriters, some music executives. We want to make this something where everyone can learn and take something away from. So um, just stay tuned, guys. My goal is actually to turn us into the Breakfast Club, and Ed is Charlemagne. <laughs> I'm cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the rest, though. Yeah. Um, so there you have it. Uh, I don't know. We're going to need a better name then. Um, but we'll, oh. we'll come up with that soon. Uh, but yeah, that's it. For wait, this. wait, wait. Before we go, we have to do Tom's rapid fire questions. Okay. All right. Here we yes. go. <laughs> Ready? It's called This or That. Okay. All right. Uh, vocally, Robin Thick or Pharrell? Robin Thick. Robin Thick, homie. Um, 112 or Jagged Edge? Now look. Jagged Edge. 
I, see, that's a loaded question because he's going to go <laughs> jagged edge. You know, I'm going to do 112, and then we're going to fight. But yes, 112, no question. Sorry, Wingo. Well, actually, All right. <laughs> hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, now that you bring up the Wingo and the jagged edge situation, I might have to skew towards 112. 112. Oh, come on. We love jagged edge. <laughs> I, I like the right. four two months ago. I'll say that. <laughs> we'll keep moving. We'll keep moving. Um, Please keep uh, moving. <laughs> Fat Joe or Ja Rule? Oh, I'm going with Ja. Good Lord, player. I mean. I'm young. Oh, well, of course you're going to go with Ja. And you, <laughs> the Shantae and that crew. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Joe overall, although at his peak, Jaw was better, and I know I'm dissecting this too much, but man, when Jaw Rule was trash, he was trash. He was straight up cooking monster. But, <laughs> oh, you know, okay, and, you uh, know, let's go with Joe. You know when uh, Jaw was clapping back, I was clapping right. I was clapping right there with him. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm about to fall out of my chair. You. I think the man is sniffing too many of those barbecue fumes, player. <laughs> Last one, and then he got far up that those chicken wings. Um, 1995 R&B versus 1998 R&B. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you for this one, Ed. I, good Lord, player. Like, this is like the, the hardest question. This is the riddle of the freaking Sphinx. Um, this is rapid fire mode. We need an answer here. I'm going to go with 95, although the best albums came from 98. Uh, well, 95 an overall. <laughs> 95 <laughs> overall. That's what I'll go for. Ed, you know the song uh, Emergency by Tank? Yes, I do. You got to put it into that mindset. We need it's. This is an emergency. We need the answer now. <laughs> <laughs> I have a player that 95 is the answer. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. My That's turn. all we got. No, it's not. We got one more. Okay. I always ended up with a food topic. Yes. We're on the topic of barbecues, and here I am cooking up some wings. Best chicken part. Are we going with the breast, the drumstick, the thigh, or the wings? Look, you know this is going to be on this R. Kelly Buffet album, right? <laughs> you know <laughs> this is going to be on the song. This is going to be a song. We are the inspiration, so which, which part? I'm going with the thigh. Wow. I'm going with the... Wait, I'm going with the breast, definitely. Kyle is setting up these that. two married brothers. You know we married, and you know this. <laughs> we gonna be sleeping oh, on man. the couch. Just give, just give me some of that white meat grilled chicken. That's my favorite. Way better than bacon. <laughs> I am done with both of you. First of all, we went over this last week. You get some pork in your life. Get yep. some of that bacon and sausage. Stop being so healthy. Oh, man. I mean, I, I'm going with the wings, but I love the drumsticks as well. Um, you guys are in the U.S., so I don't know if you guys have had, ever tried Nando's chicken, but Nando's chicken is fantastic. What? Yeah. No idea. You guys come. Just say it again. Nano chicken? Nando's. I have no idea. That comes from a chicken. That comes. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a chain restaurant, but. Oh, okay. I thought this was a part of the chicken. I was like, what kind of extraterrestrial chicken has y'all got up in Canada? I have not heard of Is that like part. Chick-fil-A or something? Wait, um, a little healthier, I think. Oh. 
Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's not keep this going too long. I think a lot of our listeners are going, what the hell right now? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're going to call it a week. Uh, we'll come back next week to chat more R&B, more stuff like that. And, um, you know, keep it R&B, guys. Uh, thank you guys again for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Later.